Russian roulette is a fatal game of chance. The participant put one bullet in the gun's chamber, spins the cylinder, points the gun on his head and pulls the trigger. If the trigger is pulled on an empty chamber, then the participant survives to further play the game. The one who pulls the trigger on the loaded chamber dies and loses. At the end of the game, those standing on their feet are proclaimed winners. The war in the Ukraine now is nothing but a global Russian roulette with a slight twist. The twist here is that gun is fully loaded and no matter who pulls the trigger, be it aggressive Russia, hapless Ukraine, superpower USA, sluggish EU, cautious India, self-centered China, so-called UN, or anyone who act or abstains from acting in this mercurial situation is pulling the trigger on the world. Every time the trigger is pulled, world loses. It loses in the form of civilian casualties or heightened oil prices or melting capital markets or closed down air spaces, economic hardship or heightened threat of nuclear war, among many other things. Is there a way to come out unscathed from this deadly game of global Russian roulette? Before we answer that, first we need to understand how the world has ended up in this entangled situation. Geopolitics is a territorial genetics. It can be tamed, but never erased. Since the Soviet collapse in 1991, Russia has learned a harsh lesson that weakness is a seed. Post-1991, Russia's position was somewhat comparable to that of Germany post-World War I. Its economy was in shambles, national assets sold, and national pride dented. The West, for its part, oversaw the eastward expansion of NATO, and by the mid-2000, Russia under Vladimir Putin began to assert itself once again in its neighborhood with hostile actions in Georgia, Estonia, and Ukraine. NATO's lollipop to Georgia and Ukraine only added up to Russia's insecurities and anxieties, which, by the way, Putin has often played up to bolster his image of a powerful leader standing up against Westerners. 2014, an extension of Crimea had thus far been Putin's boldest act. That crisis, like the current one, was justified on the grounds of security's interest. A well-regarded Greek general and historian from 5th century, Thesidian, superbly explained what causes the war. According to him, the war between nations only occurs when an equilibrium of honor, interest, and fear is disturbed. Putin's heightened ego induced fear in his mind that Ukraine joining NATO would not only dilute his strongman image, but would also harm economic interest of Russia. Constant protests by Ukraine and US against Nord Stream 2 project made Putin's worst nightmare seem like a reality. Putin sees NATO's closing up to Ukraine as US attempt to turn Ukraine into a Western stronghold on Russian border. Ukraine applied for NATO membership in year 2008, and they didn't pursue the membership for years. Their application just gathered dust, completely unpursued and forgotten by Ukrainians. Just like Indian housewife taking some money out of her husband's pocket and keeping it in some obscure jar in the storeroom. 
what modi ji surgical strike on black money demonetization aka notebandi did to such housewives rainy day fund same did russia's annexation of crimea to ukraine it sprang ukrainians in action ukraine aggressively started pursuing nato membership post 2014 nato was warm to ukraine's desire for the membership but was not giving a clear timeline by which it will induct ukraine into nato the situation was a like conversation between disha patni and sushant singh rajput in movie ms dhoni it was like ukrainian telling nato nato pakka na bahut time hai na hamare paas to which nato replying ha ha aur kya nato's wishy-washy stand became fuel to putin's expansionist agenda putin doesn't sugarcoat the things the guy has never hidden his motives of achieving akhand russia when he saw a former comedian as a head of state of ukraine what do you think must have crossed his mind what does it take to pin down a comedian generally few police cases demonstrations name shaming online abusing make any comedian to put his tail between his legs and wind up whatever he is doing so putin must have thought that scrambling few jets firing few missiles and moving the infantry across the border should seal the deal right wrong vladimir zelensky stood his ground so ferociously that it made putin's perceived cakewalk look like a walk over minefield every time zelensky gave those charge up speeches i could almost hear in the background कॉमेडियन सुन के फ्लावर समझे क्या फायर एम है इन मैनी रिस्पेक्ट यूक्रेनियंस एंड रशियंस आर ब्रेदन दे हैव सो मच शेड हिस्ट्री दैट इवन रशियंस टू स्टार्टेड प्रोटेस्टिंग अगेंस्ट दिस ब्रिजन इनवेजन हावेवर प्रोटेस्टिंग रशियंस वेन एवर गोइंग टू कंसर्न द प्रेसिडेंट हुज बिन विनिंग द इलेक्शन बाई हंड्रेड एंड टेन परसेंट ऑफ मेजोरिटी put into us helter skelter exit from afghanistan as a weakened us ability to ensure rule based world order but he mistook westerners real might without firing a single shot west wrecked russian economy the us and its allies shut off russian central bank's access to most of its 630 billion us dollars worth of foreign reserves Everyone got surprised when Germans who import around 40% of their natural gas from Russia and was a big advocate of Nord Stream to join the bandwagon of sanctions however smart Germans kept energy trade outside the purview of such sanctions Switzerland broke its 200 year old neutrality policy and imposed financial sanctions on Russian leaders All those huff and puff by West have not stopped Russia's invasion. Russians have captured city of Kherson and have made significant advances in the city of Kharkiv, Kyiv, and Mariupol. West strategy to counter Russia's advances are quite muddy. Their weak and ineffective guarding of Russia and hapless refusal to protect Ukraine will likely drive Russia further into China's lap. Raising questions hounding all the small nations right now. who are sharing border with an authoritarian regime is are these nations safe for instance 
if the West is unable to curtail expansionism on its own border by an authoritarian state, what chances has it to preempt similar adventurism by China on Tibet? However, you need to give credit to West for turning global sentiments against Russia. Russia got banished from SWIFT banking system. Western companies started offloading stacks from their Russian JVs and stopped selling their products to Russian markets. FIFA and UEFA banned Russian teams from all the soccer events. Putin got removed as the president of International Judo Federation. Personally, wax museums never fancied me, but there are a few people out there who go to such places. On popular demand, Putin's wax statue started getting removed from wax museums across the globe. Cancel culture took people's imagination to the next level. Westerners started draining vodka in the gutter. Yup, you heard it right. People were so mad that they didn't realize Smirnoff is a British brand. Absolute is produced in Sweden and Grey Goose is a French vodka. I read somewhere that lectures on the novels of Fyodor Dostoevsky were banned as he was a Russian. People need to understand that Russia and Putin are not same. But no one cares. They just want to ride the trend. What a waste. Social media is fueling all such nonsense cancel culture. Social media has diluted the gravity of this war to a certain extent. I mean, you are watching a Facebook reel showing a Russian tank firing a shell on a Ukrainian building and the next reel shows up with a bunch of hipsters performing a hook move on Kacha Badam Dede Kacha Badam Again the reel showing an old lady confronting a Russian soldier by saying I hope a sunflower germinates when you die. Here take some sunflower seeds and get the F off from the streets of Ukraine. Shows up. This is followed by Ashneer Grover's meme screaming. Why kya kar rahe tu? Stop it. You swipe up and next you see Kichosko's brothers claiming that they have killed six Russian soldiers till now and they're ready to give their life for the Ukraine. Which is followed by I am Mr. McAdams, I didn't say a word. Stop yelling at me, meme. Perils of social media. Many are criticizing India for being neutral during this crisis. Global political pundits are showing their displeasure over India not standing up with Ukraine. But looking at the way West has conducted during all the events which led up to this war, we should not blame the Indian government for sitting on the fence. In fact, no one can say India has not taken a stand. Right after Russian forces made advances into Ukrainian territory, Modiji called Putin and urged him for an immediate cessation of hostilities in Ukraine. This is not being neutral. Even after Russia declared Ukraine as an illegitimate state and Zelensky a persona non grata, Modiji talked with him. Modiji talking with Zelensky recognizing both him and Ukraine was a bold statement and far from being neutral. Indian embassy issued an advisory on 15th of Feb to all Indians to leave Ukraine as war was looming. Students must have taken this advisory akin to other Pankar linking advisory, else they would have departed immediately. Bearing publicity overdrive, Indian government's Operation Ganga was a tremendous effort. 
government marched off four ministers to neighboring countries of Ukraine to coordinate with the local authorities to evacuate around 20,000 Indians. The operation involved multiple Indian private airlines along with IAF for logistic support. Indians were being evacuated from Poland, Romania, Moldova, Slovakia, and Hungary. We must applaud the work put forth by the government through this operation. Instead, we saw some students after reaching India go on a why rant. Why are they giving us rose on arrival? Why did they evacuate us after we reached the border and not from our hostel's dorm room? Why aren't they providing transportation from Delhi to our home? Why, why, why? This was the why rant. Partially, I agree with them. They shouldn't have been given a rose on the arrival. Instead, an invoice by the private airlines to the government for this operation, along with man over sheet of this operation and a chit mentioning the amount of taxpayers' money spent on this operation should be handed over to such ranters. I don't blame them when they expect the government to evacuate them from their dome room as their frame of reference for evacuation is Salman Khan's operation in Tiger Zindahe. Russian war will hit normal Indians once polling in Uttar Pradesh concludes on March 7. Brand crude has stopped $150 per barrel and we are all anticipating stringer missiles of petrol price hike, diesel price hike, LPG price hike hitting us in the near future. With an increase of $10 per barrel in crude price, inflation increases roughly by 50 basis points. GDP too is inversely correlated with the crude prices. For every 10% hike in crude prices, GDP shrinks by 20 basis points. Our finance minister Sita Ramanji had forecasted GDP growth to be around 9.2%. But with increased deficit and high inflationary environment, revised GDP growth estimates are in the range of 8 to 8.5% each. I'm sure someone higher up leadership in government must be murmuring to themselves right now. Yaar Putin ji, LIC IPO tak to ruk jate. Capital markets which were riding an impressive bull run induced by unprecedented liquidity came down crashing. Foreign institutional investors started pulling out money from the emerging markets and allocated larger portions to gold, silver and treasury bonds. Commodity prices have increased by three or four fold. Such firing commodity prices have brought Abdame Ausar for Indian farmers and commodity traders. Wheat from Gujarat, Rajasthan and Uttar Pradesh is now being delivered by rail wagons or trucks at warehouses near Kandla port at around 2500 rupees per quintal as against 2000 or so hardly 15 days back. This is above the government's minimum support price of 2015 rupees per quintal for the new crop that will arrive in the market from mid-March. However, such benefits are sparse and uneven. As the world struggles to re-emerge from the third wave of COVID, the last thing anyone wants is a confrontation in Europe that would have an impact on countries far away. Disrupting supply chains, imposing heavy costs on economies that have barely survived this last three years. After two decades of war in Afghanistan, which didn't fetch intended results, powers that claims to be global leaders must tread more cautiously and wisely. Hope sanity prevails. That's it from Mo Maya and Mehanat. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.